This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's, it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First of the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. Ah, uh, it's big boy school now. Divisional round is upon us. Boomer, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike, and uh, what a weekend it was. And, you know, for the New York Giants and their fans, especially those around here in New York, man, they are ignited. This place is lit on fire right now. They cannot wait for this game to take place down in Philadelphia tonight. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's something special about an underdog. There's no question. And especially this group of underdogs that are playing for the Giants, especially when you think about their wide receiver core, you think about their linebacker sure. core, and you think about the players that are out there on the field making these plays. I mean, it's going to take a her- Herculean effort by everybody to beat the Eagles. But I can tell you, I can feel the excitement here in New York. It's back once again. It, it's, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And we're going to do this a little different this week. We're going to get a rundown later. We're going to break down what happened. We're going to tell you what's going to happen. And then we'll go around the league where I'm probably going to lose my mind on something that Boomer and I were discussing pre-show. All right. With that, let's just get into the games. We'll take them in chronological order. Uh, Let's start out the Niners. Seahawks. Niners win 41-23. I guess I want your biggest takeaway, and I want to see if it matches mine from that game. You know, for me in that game, was that it showed that the 49ers can make a play at any given moment on either side of the ball, and it's going to be an explosive play. So whether it is a sack fumble recovery or an interception or a Debo Samuel take a short pass and take it, you know, yeah. 70 yards for a touchdown, that's the type of playmakers that they really do have. And what's amazing to me is that you have this rookie quarterback that's in the middle of all of this, and he is 6-0, and while it wasn't a perfect performance by him last week, Uneven. once he f- settled in and started hitting guys, all of a sudden that offense started to show itself. So you hit you hit on one of them, which was Purdy. And look, I'm not I'm not asking him to be fabulous, but he looked tight. He looked nervous. He and would th- be nervous too, man. Yeah, no doubt. Now he ended up with a great stat line, but it was uneven. And we'll get to it against Dallas in a little bit. Here was the other one. What do you make of of the Niners secondary? Uh, I think their safeties are really good, top-notch, and I think their corners are probably, you know, I'll give them a C- Meh. to a C. Um, so <laughs> I, that that's really where yeah. you have to go after them, but you also have to hope that your offensive line is going to hold up when it comes to the pass rush yeah. because they're one of very few teams in this league that can get after you with just four guys or maybe just three guys in the pass yeah, rush. The that's stat, how talented they are. The stat is rushing four or less, they get pressure. So not a sack, but pressure 41% of the time. 
Yeah, that's it's, an it's, incredible rate. So when you're getting to this level of uh, the playoffs in the divisional round, you're starting to play against some really good defenses and guys and teams that have dual pass rush threats. And Nick Bosa is a monster. But then again, I could say the same thing for the defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they have 70 sacks this year, Mike. 70. I know. And they have four in double digits. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. It's totally terrifying. And, Go ahead. Anything else on this no, one? No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think about where the Seahawks are. They'll probably give Geno a couple years. They have to. They have to. They should. And they'll probably draft the quarterback if they can, if they like one of these guys. Or maybe this could be also a situation where, you know, everybody's looking ahead another year. That Caleb Williams coming and out of USC. don't sleep on my guy from North Carolina, Drake May. Drake May is going to be right there with Caleb. All right, well, I'm there you telling go. You. So you have two guys coming out yeah. in 2024 as well that maybe some of these teams may be looking forward yeah. to. We'll see. All right, let's go to the second game. Uh, this was the Saturday night special, and it ended up being the type of game Boomer and I expected, except how we got there was totally the unexpected. By the way, someone wake Al Michaels up. Um, 31-30 Jags after a 27. This is the most on-brand Charger game in history, No. <laughs> Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, it all started at the end of the first half with a lousy punt. Yep. And all it takes is one bad special teams play, and then all of a sudden the Jaguars score a touchdown at the end of that first half, and they go into the the locker room, you know, down 27-20 to 20 and with five turnovers in the first half. Think about that for a second. They are minus five, and they're down 20 points, which is really nothing in today's NFL. No, and that then, then flip it because this is part of my 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 anger with it. I can't come up with a game where a team, forget about 27 nothing. I don't care what type of comeback it is, where you are, you lose the turnover battle 5-0. You don't get any special teams miracle. You don't get a turnover of your own. And you make up the difference. Like, that is outer space. It's outer space, but really it, it speaks to who Doug Peterson is and his relationship with Trevor Lawrence. And then again, it also speaks to Trevor Lawrence and his yes. ability to overcome all of those mistakes. A couple of those interceptions were just awful. They were, but the mental toughness not to go in the tank, not to write it off, and then all of a sudden, Boomer is a totally different player. It's the most important ingredient in a quarterback, and I think Bill Parcell said this one time, show me a quarterback that loses three games in a row in which his interceptions end up costing his team the game and then have to go back out that fourth game in front of his home fans right? and and is able to win a game late in the fourth quarter by throwing a touchdown pass. So so that attribute for Trevor Lawrence is one of the reasons why he was the number one overall pick, but he showed it, and I think he showed a lot of it here in the, in the second half of the season. They've had three games in which they've come back from yep. 17 points in those games. That, that's an amazing statistic. I love him. And it's credit to Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. We're going to get to Staley later, so if you're wondering, yes, I have strong thoughts. We will get there. Let's move strong on. Strong thoughts from you, really? Never. Never. I'm very reserved. This is very nuanced. <laughs> uh, Bills, they beat the Dolphins again. Another one of these. What did I just watch? 34-31. Josh Allen can't stop turning it over. Three turnovers, 18 Miami points. Mike McDaniel can't get a play in. You go to Yale, you're a smart guy, we're taking delay games, we're blowing three timeouts before, what, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. But start with the Bills. What is your takeaway here with this Josh Allen thing? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I don't think that they've really played all that well since that Monday night game that was canceled against the Bengals, the last two games. Um, and, And I said after the game on NFL Today that I thought Josh Allen would be the first to tell you that he's not going to be happy with his performance and the overall performance of the team. Now, saying all that, Mike, they still put 34 points on the board. And to me, that's what he generates. He generates plays for both offense and defense. And he has that ability that we just talked about with Trevor Lawrence. And that is to put the bad play behind you and worry about the next play or the next series. And I think, look, this is going to be probably the most entertaining game of the weekend, I believe, because I know the Bengals have a major chip on their shoulder because if they would have won that Monday night game, which I think that they were on their way to do, they would be hosting this game as opposed to Buffalo. Yeah. Now, as far let's just cover McDaniel quick. What, what did you make of this? I mean, he's saying he got bad information from the booth that they thought it was a first down. Yeah, he got bad information from the officials. Okay. He thought that the officials gave him a first down. So this happens. These are the little communication things that happen within a game. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes coaches get caught and they have to call timeout. He thought it was going to be a first down. So he ran his first down personnel on the field. Then he was told that it was going to be fourth and inches and that – and this is the thing that's going on in the NFL right now. Nobody is really talking about it. It's called expedited replay. Oh, you love those? Uh, the well, the yeah. magical after a conversation deal? Yeah, so basically New York is looking at the game, and they are in the ear of the referee, and they are telling the referee, you know, that last call was the wrong call, overturn it and get it right, without any stoppage of play or what doesn't seem like any stoppage of play. And then the referee announces to the crowd after further discussion. Yeah. And I'm like, further discussion with who? Yeah. It's further discussion with the guys in New York. Yeah, with the That's IFB it. in my ear. Exactly. So I actually kind of like it, though. I don't hate it. I just wish they would be – I wish they would explain to fans what's happening. Well, I've tried to explain to fans what's happening, and I think we're doing that here right now. Yes. So the NFL is trying to expedite these replays without having to have a, a you know coach throw a red flag, a challenge flag. And they're also just trying to keep the game moving. Right. Now, that game lasted forever. As a matter of fact, that it was a two-hour first half. Yeah, that game lasted so long that they had to slip the second game, the Giants <laughs> in Minnesota, 10 minutes over there on Fox. So the thing about Mike McDaniel, he'll learn. Uh, I thought he had a really good plan. He did have a rookie quarterback in Skylar Thompson who early on was struggling a little bit, but then actually found his game He acquitted bit. himself nicely. I thought both he and Tyler, Tyler Huntley this yeah. week – Played well enough for their teams to win. It was just that they were going against superstar quarterbacks and really good football teams. So, unfortunately, the backups weren't able to come away with the upset. All right, let's go Vikings-Giants. I mean, I guess the headline would be the Vikings are exactly who we said they were. You know? Yeah, right. They were a fraud. We all felt like they were a fraud because of their defense, not because of their offense. Their and Ed Donatel has paid the price for one of the worst game plans I've ever seen. Coordinators getting fired all over the place. Left and defense right. and offensive coordinators in the NFL as teams look to retool and reconnect with their players. But uh, there is no question that uh, Daniel Jones played his best game as a New York Giants quarterback and solidified, I think, the in the eyes of many, that he is going to be their short-term future. I don't know how long they'll go out with him, maybe four years. Well, I got a question for you later that's going to hit right at this. Okay. We're putting booms in the GM chair. Right. I, and I just – I I love – I really like the young man. I've, I've kind of watched him grow up over the last four years, and the Giants didn't do him any favors no. with – you know, and kind of like what the Chargers are doing with Justin Herbert right now. They're changing coordinators again. So this will be Justin Herbert's third coordinator. Uh, uh, 
Daniel Jones has had four coordinators here in New York, two, uh, three head coaches. So you could just see that finally he has found the right guy to get the best out of him. So I, I thought he played a well of a football And it game. also shows, and I understand it's like the sirens call when fans complain about coaching, but like it, it shows you the importance of the plan. So Dayball and, and, and Kafka, the tendency breakers on first down, using Saquon as, as primarily a decoy, using Daniel Jones's legs, spreading him out, throwing on first down. I mean, that that is a... It was an incredible game plan. And Minnesota never adjusted. They never – I was stunned at Donatello. And I understand they want to play a shell. They want – the team you're facing does not have wide receivers. And the interior of that line is soft. Boomer, how could Minnesota never alter what they were doing, never pressure – what – what was going on? Well, here's the mistake they made. They figured, you know, if they're going to beat us, the Giants are going to beat us. We're going to make Daniel Jones do it. We don't believe that he can do it. That, yeah. That's kind of been the reputation against Daniel Jones. That sooner or later he'll turn the ball over. He'll, you know, he'll fumble it. But yeah. that has not been the case this year. He's been basically locked up on that part. Only eight uh, turnovers, I believe, through the regular season, and obviously none last week. Yeah. He played an almost perfect, flawless it was awesome. game. It was awesome. Coming into this week against the Eagles going to be a completely different set of circumstances with much better athletes and a much more aggressive defense. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, Ravens, uh, Bengals, very fortunate to win this game. Very. Uh, man, Logan Wilson and Sam Hubbard, you know, the, everybody on that team should be buying those guys uh, dinner this I've week. I've never seen that before, by the way. I, I, You know, it reminded me when we had the uh, Super Bowl against the Cardinals and, and Steelers, Cardinals against the Steelers, and James Harrison picked off Kurt Warner and took it back 100 yards yep. out of the end zone right at the end of the first half. All right, we've seen that. Yeah, so that kind of reminded me a little but bit of not this. Not one of these. Not the, uh, hey, it's in the end. Just kidding. It's going yeah. the other way. I've never you know, seen my it. buddy Chris Collinsworth said it right. He goes, he's just too far away yeah. to do that. And plus, he's not Justin Herbert. He's not Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's not six foot six. And it's also with the rules changes. And, and I'm not a fan of the rules change where you're allowed to have seven people push the QB. You can't stop a QB sneak anymore. Just stay low. Patrick Ricard's a 300-pound fullback. Don't try to be Superman. I yeah. didn't understand well, John, any of it. Well, John Harbaugh basically said he's supposed to burrow there. Yeah. Not Joe Burrow. He's just supposed to stay burrow low. in there. Uh, or know, the other one is you got J.K. Dobbins, who was a freight train, hand him the football. And he was mad after the game, too, and he called out Tyler Huntley for doing what he did. Yeah. So the play that Tyler Huntley did – he did completely on his own. I hate and it. And that's always the thing that coaches are like, oh, my God, you know, when, when it works, it's great. Right. Stick to the plan, dude. Just stick to the plan. Um, quick note, Bengals lose another offensive lineman, left tackle Jonah Williams, dislocated kneecap, Alex Kappa, and then Lael Collins. Look, the one thing I'll say, Boomer, we'll get to it against the Bills, once they lost Jonah Williams, they turned into a complete three-step drop, can't push it, can't run it. I, I am very nervous about the Bengals. <clears throat> They'll have a much better plan going in against the Bills, and this really does work to the Bills' advantage now Big because time. they do have pass rushers over there, even without Von Miller, that Ed Oliver is a pain in the neck. He's a guy that's a record player, player, man. He's a very good player, and he's a high-energy player, which is what you love. But I will say that the Bengals will have a plan, and you know Joe Burrow proved last year with the worst offensive line in the playoffs that he could take them all the way to the Super Bowl. And when the game was on the line, that offensive yeah. line unfortunately showed itself when Aaron Donald – Broke up that last play. All right, Cowboys, Bucks, Cowboys 31 14, a domination. Um, they played their best game in a month. I came away very, very impressed. Only issue, Brett Maher, uh, what? A five straight extra point, Boomer. I, 
I don't know what to do. Well, their special teams coach, John Fossil, basically said he had the yips. And he admitted it. Awesome. They have Chuck Knobloch as a kicker. Yeah, well, he also had a good week of practice, uh, if that means anything to you. And, you know, hopefully it gets out of his head. And hopefully when he gets on the field in Santa Clara, you know, come Sunday afternoon, that he's going to be okay. I would hate for him to be the reason that yeah. they lose a game against San Francisco. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game between these two teams. And it, it may come down to a field goal. It may come down to an extra point. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be fa- – I, I, I'm telling you, it's going to be fascinating watching that game and just thinking about we're all hanging on his first kick. Especially if you're going to be like me out there in listener land and you're getting three and a half with Dallas. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. uh, and the Brady stuff, look, we're going to get to it in the last segment. That way we can keep this clean. But I, I think it's pretty clear – He's done in Tampa. Eight assistant coaches have, have been blown out of there. Byron Leftwich gone as a headliner. We'll get to all of that. That's a redo. It, it doesn't. It seem it. Yeah, and I, and I think I think Vegas would be the perfect spot for Tom Brady. I think they would uh, love to have him there. The Super Bowl was there next year, and he would be the only player in history to take three different teams to the Super Bowl, and two of those teams happen to be in their home stadium. If in fact he decides to go there next year, he would have a chance to do that. Oh. Okay. Another year of this. All right. I'll I let, love it. I'll, I absolutely I know it. you do. I hope I he comes don't. back. I want him to come back. All right. We'll get to We got a lot to cover. We're going to break down every game. I love. I don't like. I love three of these games. And the fourth one, I'm just leaning on Boomer. And then we go around the league in the final segment. All that and more coming up next. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenny.